0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclib 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Before we get into today's episode, I want to let you all know that you can sign up for the smart, Funny and Black newsletter at smartfunnyandblack.com. Now, we're going to be launching this newsletter in February, and this newsletter will have very early information about ticket sales, about merch drops, about appearances, about masterclasses, etc., so that you can be up on things, so that when tickets come out for shows, you don't find yourself saying, damn, it's sold out, which happens, like, all the time. So, I love it, but I still want you guys to have more access. So, we want to be able to get in touch with you. We want to be able to send you this Stuff so that you can be in the know. So, head over to smartfunnyandblack.com and sign up for the newsletter so you can be smart, funny, and black with us. Small don't Self help from the hip. Small don't We're talking that shit. Small don't say. And keeping it real. Small don't With me and M. Seals so funky. <laughs> Here we are, so close to my special coming out. I can't even kind of deal. Like I can't even like deal. But today's episode is not going to be about my special. No, no, no. Today's episode is side effects of Rush. <laughs> My God, I feel like Samantha looking at Jake Ryan in 16 Candles or like, I forgot the guy's name, but he's looking at Samantha Beckett in Can't Hardly Wait or what other crush movies can we discuss? I'm a very big crush movie fan. You know, there's been a lot of great crush movies. I just named two legendary ones. Did Amanda just say that Can't Hardly Wait is legendary? Yes, Yes, I I did. did. Yes, I did. Because Can't Hardly Wait exemplifies an era. Those of us who came into our later teens in the later 90s. It was a time, okay? We were a special type of person. And the fashion was terrible. The music waning. But nonetheless, we persevered. Okay? We persevered through... Jinkos through platform sneakers and through glitter eyeshadow to become who we are today so you can't forget where you came from also the soundtrack to Can't Hardly Wait kind of major. of major it even has the non Quad City DJ's version of Shorty Swing My Way which is ooh wee boy do you know joy I feel the second I see your eyes on keep the ties and watch to so the games you're playing with me. Very different than Zip off from the Club on a Friday night. Looking for a man that could do me right. First things I did was on the dance floor. Too. <laughs> Which anybody who knows knows that that's like one of my favorite songs of all time behind Social Death Face All Stars, My Boo. I'm digressing. The reality is that. Crushes are real. And we have crushes like at all phases of our life. In adolescence, in teenhood, adulthood. Some of y'all are thinking about your crush right now. You thinking about a crush right now. You're thinking about someone right now that you're just like, oh man, wouldn't that be super duper dope? Remember in love actually when Laura Lenny's character finally gets to hook up with her Brazilian crush, but she can't because she's got a brother who has mental illness and she's just gotta like really tend to him. And you're just like, fuck. And then they end up getting together at the end. You see it at the airport and you're just like, yes, they worked it out. But crushes can also let you down, right? Like you finally, and sometimes you can let yourself down when you finally get the opportunity to like hang out with your crush and you're just like, oh, this is not what I thought. Like you, like you sit down with your crush and then you say something like really wildly Trumpatic and you're just like, did you fucking vote for fucking Trump? You know, or they sit down, and they say something wildly, like, like just ridiculous and stupid. Like, I found Star Trek to be monotonous. What? Which one? Next Generation. Okay, it's the, You know what? I, this isn't gonna work for me. It's not, work. it's not gonna work. It's not gonna work. But then there's times when you finally get to meet your crush, and it's just like, oh my God, this is exactly what I thought it was gonna be. This is exactly what I thought it was gonna be. Rebecca is looking at me with such dankness, and I don't appreciate it. Um, <laughs> anywho, I think it's time that we get into a gem drop. I'm very excited about this episode because before it's over, I'm going to run down every crush that I had through grade school. And uh, it's a long one. It's a long one. I mean, I, there's at least five. I'm thinking, and, and I will tell you the things I did to acquire their attentions. None of which were successful. We'll get into that later in that one time. But first, let's drop a jam on them. Jam dropping. Jam dropping. Jam dropping. We're dropping on these hoes. (sighs) Today's jam dropping is a crush versus a prospect. So the crush is basically, when you like somebody, it's really all about what exists within your mind. It's all for you. You're not taking any actions necessarily. You may show some, like, flirtations, but you are not by any means, like, moving forward in trying to turn this into something real. A prospect is someone who you have an attraction to and you're trying to figure out how can we make this into something. And there's really a strong distinction because a lot of times a crush can turn into a prospect, but then there are times where a crush becomes, like, not a prospect once you find out more about them. The crush is such a fun space to be in because it's like fantasy. It's like you're in the clouds. You're slow dancing with Lorenz Tate to a to a 90s hip-hop song, you know, or better yet, a 90s slow jam record. You know, you're at prom. Like, that is a crush, okay? When it's really just, like, your own story that you are in with this person and they don't need to know about it they don't need to understand it. It's all for you. And it can be so fun and like liberating and free. I mean, I've had situations where I was like, so basically on the set, you have a set crush. You know, it may not be, you're not trying to like be, be with, with this, this person. person. But sometimes when you're on set for 16 hours a day, it's like nice to like be attracted to somebody. In the real world, you would not probably even be attracted to this person. But on this, this here, here set, set, they're the most attractive person for you. And so you have somebody to look at and like, you're doing doing your own shit. They are not even remotely aware that you have feelings for them, but you're like positioning yourself so you can like get to be around them. It's just your own game. That's a crush. Potential is when the decisions that you're making are not just about you upholding the crush. The decisions and choices that you're making are about you advancing the possibility of you and this person becoming romantically involved. And that is a shift. And that is definitely different than a crush because you don't want them to necessarily know that you have a crush on them. That's That's the the whole whole thing thing. because you want to keep it to yourself. The prospect, you want them to know, I'm interested. And you're trying to figure out ways to kind of get them to understand that you're interested and that they're interesting. Now, here's the doozy. Knowing when to employ the different options. Because sometimes you're trying to make somebody a prospect that you should have just kept a crush. Either you didn't do enough research or, you know, it's not the right scenario or they're going to just ruin it. It was better when you didn't know that they could not spell maybe. It was better, admit it. So this is a real thing. It was better when you didn't know that they have answered the door to a date but ass naked. I had a crush on somebody on these interwebs for two years. Two, two years, years I was waiting for this nigga to land in my DMs. Y'all, two years. I followed him two years ago with the mindset of, you will manifest. You will manifest. But I never made any move. I would look at the Instagram, be like, still cute. Still talking about shit I think is interesting. Still doing things I think is interesting. But I'm not going to make a move. It's just, a long, it's just over there. It's a crush. It's in its world. And then, the day after New Year's, who lands in my DMs? Mr. Crush. Hey, I really appreciate your take on things. Very refreshing. (laughs) So now we have this little, you know, quippy back and forth. And I said, did you see the R. Kelly documentary? Which, Which, by by the the way, way, at some point I will talk about. about. Because I think that actually relates to this conversation about how you have a crush. You can have a dangerous crush, you know, because like when you are obsessive and uh, fanatical, that's a crush that can become very problematic and turn into stalking and can also put you in danger. But I'll get back to that. I asked the guy, did you watch the R. Kelly documentary? He said, no, but it's my day off. So should I watch the documentary or should I get your number and get to know you better? Now, Brendan just turned his nose up because Brendan realized off top, this This is is a a prick. prick. I, in my insecurity was like, oh, my God, I didn't even see that coming. Oh, my God. Because I'm still in crush mode, y'all. I'm still in crush mode. I haven't transferred over to prospect mode, where you start looking at people's behaviors very differently. I'm still in crush mode, where it's just like, oh, my God, it's crazy. Ah." We get on the phone. During the conversation, there's a lot of laughs, very intellectual. But then there's some red flags that pop up. Like I told a story about my life and I was like, tell me a story. He tells me a story and the story he chose to tell of all the stories in his whole life of 34 years, the story he chose to tell was about how when he was at boarding school, he had a, 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 a fire escape outside of his window. And so him and his roommate realized that they could sneak girls up into their room. And that then they realized that they could actually rent their room out to their boys to sneak girls up. And they would rate the girls. That's how they would determine the cost of the rental fee. And that him and this dude got into it because his, he was rating the girl at a 50. And the guy was saying, no, she's an 80. And I'm like, what, what are, we are we talking about right now? Why are you telling me this story? He's like, no, it's my high school days. But the fact that as a grown ass man, he thought that this was like a story that you like open with. Immediately the crush now is dwindling. Cause like, huh? So then as always, I do my due diligence and I do my research. And it came back down the wire that he had met somebody else on Instagram. Came out to their where they live for a conference. They set up a date. She goes to meet him. And he's like, oh, you know, meet me at the hotel room and then we'll head out. And when she gets to the door, he opens the door butt-ass naked. And she's like, what the fuck? And then he tried to turn it on her and is like, what? I was just sleeping. Why are you, like, making a big deal out of this? No more crush. No more prospect. But it would have been cool if he had just stayed a crush, right? But once I learned more... Once we entered into prospects phase, because he pushed us into prospect phase when he hollered at me, it let me know, you are not crush worthy by By any means. means. He lucky I don't say his name on this damn podcast, opening doors naked for women. Because, by the way, that's predatory behavior. Okay? It's predatory behavior and it's problematic. And it speaks to the, again, reality that there are men who are out here really thinking, like, I can do whatever the fuck I want to do and I'm not gonna have any repercussions. You think that motherfucker knew that I was gonna find that out? And of course, I ended things by saying, you know, it's a small world. He actually did not respond to me. And then I said, so did you just not, you're not following me? And he was like, I was never following you. Wrong wrong answer answer as as well. well. So like you landed in my DMs, but you weren't following me. He's like, you're not hard to find on Instagram. You're a prick. And I said, you know what? Let me just let me know, let, let you know one thing: you can be all the Rhodes Scholars and you can have all the scrubs, but it does not change the fact that if you are opening the door butt-ass naked to women who did not encourage that, you are no different than a nigga jacking his dick on the on the two train to Harlem. Stop the predatory behavior, all caps. Stay, Stay up. up, blocked. So I say all that to say that sometimes. It's just better to keep the crush sequestered in your mind. Let it marinate. And sometimes you see the flags and you're like, that's fine because I don't need to know about that because I'm not trying to be with that person. When the, but when you move into prospect phase, you have to let the fantasy element of the crush go. And I think that's the problem that a lot of us fall into. We move into prospect phase and we're still keeping the fantasy element of the crush there. And then we're letting shit slide in the prospect phase because we are not looking at this person as a real person. We're looking at them within the context of the fantasy that we created for them. And that's where a lot of us get fucked up. That's where we stay in situations that we shouldn't be in. That's where we let shit slide. That's where we find ourselves being wooed by behaviors that are not okay. For instance, this person, the first thing he said to me was like, after we talked, for a little bit he was like yo when are you coming to boston and i'm like i don't understand i i I was like well i mean i have a show out there he's like no i need to see you before then now if i was still in crush mode i would have been flattered by that right because you're like oh my god my crush wants to see me and i think a lot of us would be like that and we fall into the bullshit because we're like oh my god attention acceptance assurance but then you can't let that happen y'all don't let it happen. Once a prospect element moves into space, you got to take a whole nother stance. You're no longer in the clouds. Your feet got to be grounded and rooted in protection of you. And my response to him was, I don't get on place for niggas I don't know. So, enjoy your crushes. I know right now, like, I'm trying to think. Do I have a crush on anybody right now? No. But you know what I will also say? You can have a crush while having a prospect you can be with your man and have a crush you can be in a full-ass relationship and have a crush it gets dangerous when you care more for the crush than the person you're with but people always talk about hall passes and all this shit you know what i'm saying but i don't i don't rock with that i don't rock with that at all but you can absolutely have all different kinds of crushes celebrity crush girl crush boy crush sports crush set crush Hella crushes, y'all. I've had all the crushes. And I will finish my set crush story later. But I think we've really broken down the difference right here. And I think what we've also found is the reality of the fact that fantasy is fun. But once that shit gets real, let the fantasy go. But the reality is that a lot of people consider crushes to be somebody that they want to be a prospect. And the bridge is trying to get from crush to prospect. I'm sure all these DMT questions are going to be people who are trying to bridge from crush To prospect. But I think that's also, and that's why I was like, you got to wonder, like, is this someone you should build a bridge for? But then you have some people who never build a bridge. They just get stuck into the virtual reality of their crush, and they become an episode of Black Mirror where they never leave their minds. They never leave crush land. They're just in the tumbler of their mentality of their cerebral cortex. And next thing you know, they're 33, a virgin, have three cats, and incredibly fast Wi-Fi listen and it's not because they don't want human interaction but it's because they've actually become more just kind of like stuck in the continual cycle of like i'm just gonna like this person within my control space and i think that there's a fear that's kind of behind that you know i think they may say there may be a certain people who say like no i literally am just okay with this i'm like and if you're asexual i can get that but like I think for some people, it's the fear of rejection. It's, like, way easier to, like, manage this crush or this this fan stand I have, you know? Then you have people who only crush on, like, characters. You know, like, they really crush on Smallville. And you're just like, that's not a real person. And so I want to encourage, like, action and pursuance. And I think that's something, especially like for women in particular, we are not necessarily as like supported to do. But we'll probably get into that DMTs because I already know. I already know your DMTs are going to be like, I have a crush. I'm trying to fuck. That's really what it is. That's really what it is. I have a crush that I'm trying to turn into prospect. A prospect for what? Because really, the reality is, is that some people should just remain in a crush. Some people... Could be a prospect, but maybe they're not a prospect for your relationship. Maybe they're just a prospect for a New Year's Eve bathroom makeout session. I've done it twice. <laughs> DMT. We're serving it. Okay, far and wide, the most DMT questions today were about. How do you and, and, because, because I'm psychic, psychic I fucking knew this How do you transition From crush space To prospect space How do you do it Without it being awkward How do you do it As a woman How do you do it You know Without putting yourself In a situation Where you might Look crazy First of all There's a lot of factors That you have to look at You know like Do you all work together Cause if you work together You probably shouldn't say shit Okay We all understand that sexual harassment is real. We all may not understand the dynamics between you know being a superior and having someone uh, that is d- lower in the hierarchy than you. If you tell them that you have a crush on them, they now are put in a just a deleterious position where they can naturally feel like they have to requite the crush or else you as their boss are going to feel some type of way. You don't want to put somebody in that position. So if it's a work situation, I feel like a lot of times it might just be smart to just chill, not even bring it up. If you both work on a parallel, you know, you're equal in status. Maybe if there's an opportunity where you're not at work, maybe not even at a work function, you know, you just maybe you guys run into each other on the train or something. You know, I don't I just don't ever support like bring it up at work because it can go left. It can go left. I also feel like you have to look at, like, again, again, is this person really a prospect? I had someone in my DM say, I have a crush on a guy that I work with. We've only kissed once. But the problem is that I'm his superior and he has two kids from two baby mamas. No, 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 no. That's not the problem. That is actually the reality. The problem is that you have allowed yourself to have feelings and express them for someone who you are the superior for and who has demonstrated that, you know, they might be a little bit of a rolling stone. Boom, boom. Papa was a rolling stone. That it. He said that gummet. Mm-hmm. Wherever he laid his hat was his home And when he died, all he left us was alone So, you know, that situation to me, I'm like, that. nah, you need to shit. You better be careful that that shit don't come back to you at HR because that sounds like a problem. Now, let's say you're crushing someone at the gym. You know, let's say you don't have the issue with work. It's just someone who you are in a space with. You know, maybe it's a mutual friend. Maybe it's a friend of a friend. Maybe it's a brother of a friend, etc. I'm just a very honesty is the best policy kind of gal, man. And I think that the key becomes delivery. You know, you don't have to be like, I "I want you to fuck fuck my brains brains out." out. That might be a bit much. But I think there is something noble and honorable in letting somebody know, hey, like, I just think you're dope, man. I think you're dope. I recently told somebody, like, listen, uh, I asked him first, do you have a girlfriend? He said no. And I said, well, you should ask me on a date. I would love to go. Now, we ended up not going on the date because when I did my background checks, it didn't work out. If I get two flags in a background check, I'd I dead it. Some of y'all are like, ah! the reason being, because your reputation should not precede you in a negative fashion. And oftentimes, if there's two flags that are about your character, not Not just about about your personality, personality. about your character, then I don't want to find out if there's a third one. If anybody did a background check on me, they would simply get, like, Amanda is a lot. Amanda is very intense. Amanda is, is, you know, direct. Um, Amanda is demanding. None of these are character. These are all personality traits. And the reality is, is like, you can look at the person who's telling you that information and be like, mm, was she demanding or were you just lazy? You know, et cetera. So, you know, there's, there's that kind of awareness that you have to have. But, again, again, I extended it to him and he was replied in kind. You know, one of the other questions that was coming up a lot in these DMTs was, is it, okay for a woman to shoot her shot you know we are in a different era i definitely feel like it's okay to shoot your shot i definitely feel like being pursued is done differently now and i'm not saying that you shouldn't be pursued i'm not saying that someone should not have action that is intent based to let you know what they want to do and you know how they want to do it but i think that it, it takes two to tango I'm not, you know, because I know, I know, I know some of y'all are like, well, you single, so how are you even talking about this? Because that, and listen, whatever. Whatever. Jesus Jesus was single single too, but y'all be listening to to him all the time. time. So the reality is that when it comes down to like pursuing and being pursued, it's also just about your style. Like, I don't want. I don't feel like I would connect with somebody who feels a way about me being responsive to them pursuing me. You know, like, I'm not saying I have to be, like, completely open, but, like, the playing hard to get shit, like, the game of that is just, it's really tiresome for me. I'm so busy that it's, like, it's almost built into my damn schedule that I'm hard to get, but... I understand why a lot of women are like, I don't want to be fucking bothered with having to pretend I don't like somebody or pretend I'm not available because men have to feel like they're chasing and that da 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 It's like, we all got to shift. We all got to shift. Because then you have men who are like, well, I'm the catch, so you're going to have to chase me. How about we pursue each other? How about we not call it chase like I'm fucking running from you and we just pursue each other and we have our individual ways of how we demonstrate that. So you have to think like, what is your way of wanting to pursue somebody and be pursued? My way is I let them know if they haven't already let me know, I let them know like, you know, I think you're dope or I'm interested or I would like to go on a date. They either pick up on that and go forth or they don't. And that's that. And as long as they're polite about it, what you get to do is still have a crush on them. You should still have a crush on them. It doesn't have to kill your ego that they didn't fuck with you like that. You know, as long as they're, if, even if they're like, you know, I'm sorry. You know, I'm just not, I'm not in a dating space. That's fine. Keep your crush. Keep your crush. I had a crush on a, a male actor. And I basically was like, what's your situation? because I need to know if I need to make this crush turn into a prospect or if I need to keep it as a crush. And he told me a situation that he's not in a dating space and he's really working on himself, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Cool. We're homies now. I have retained my crush. It exists in a, a, a you know, just a clouded area. And I have no desire to turn that into anything real because the crush is fine. You know how long I've had a crush on Lorenz Tate? That crush is like 35 years old. I'm never going, Lorenz Tate is happily married, you know, he's over there, you know, I actually like can communicate with Lorenz Tate, but the crush is just that leftover, you know, in my dorm room watching Love Jones feeling that continues to resonate in a certain space, even though I know the real person. It's almost like they're two different entities altogether. actually. Really, it's like there's Lorenz Tate I know, and then there's Lorenz Tate that I'm slow dancing with at prom, you know, in the clouds of my imagination. Next question. What do you do when you feel like your crush is out of your league? Well, it depends. I mean, are they out of your league because of looks? Are they out of their league because of finance? Are they out of your league because of their status? You know, I mean, I think at the end of the day, it's like you got to look at yourself and like your own insecurities on why you think someone is quote unquote out of your league. I don't don't think think nobody nobody out of my league. I mean, mean, even if I'm in a headscarf getting off a plane, I'm going to shoot the shot. You saw it happen On my Instagram You saw Tennis Bay Tennis Bay was on my plane He was fine as shit from the back I could tell by the back of his neck That he was fine from the front It's a skill that I have Don't ask me how I have it I don't ask me how it developed But it's something that I know about myself You got got to to know know your skills skills. When I got off the flight I was in first And he was in coach So I had to wait Till he got off And then I had to pursue to see Was I right Of course course I was was right. right Tennis Bay was fine as shit Tennis Bay was fine as shit. I had on a track suit and a Gucci headscarf. Do you think that stopped me from going to say hello to Tennis Bay? I went over and literally all I said to him was, you are gorgeous. I just wanted you to know. And I said, "And would you mind me taking a picture to document the fineness? He said, no problem. We took a picture. Within 24 hours due to the internets, he was identified as Sloan Stevens' tennis coach. She be coaching with him. He's married. He got babies. That doesn't change the fact he fine as shit. These These are facts. facts, Okay? Okay. And I was very glad that I could tell somebody that. Because I don't think men get compliments in that way often. And I think that's really important to know, any men that are listening, someone can tell you you're fine without wanting to fuck you. Because, like, I mean, I've told men that they're gorgeous and kept it moving and never thought about it again. It never even occurred to me, you know, that they were anything other than just somebody who I acknowledged, like, yo, you beautiful and you keep it up. You chunk the deuce. And then they think like, oh, wait, 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 wait. It's like, no, no, I wasn't interested in your penis. I was acknowledging your face. That's what was happening. I don't think anybody should be considered out of your league unless you feel like you are not living up to your best. If you feel like somebody's out of your league because you're like, damn, they're hella philanthropic and I don't do shit for people then you should be starting to do shit for people. It sucks that it's somebody that you want to fuck doing shit for people that's making you do shit for people. But as the saying goes, ain't no wrong reason to do right. So let it guide you. But in terms of like, oh, they're finer than you, fuck that. You know, they're richer than you. So I will say this. there That can be a situation because especially when it can be a dude Like, because I feel like we still live in a society where it's very built in for men to feel some type of way about their finances. And it's like if you are a man and you're not like confident in yourself and your character, and like you are going to be stressed out by the woman that you're pursuing, like having more than you, don't pursue. Don't pursue. I had somebody tell me that they were going to holler at me two years ago, but they realized. Right before they hollered, you know what? I am not ready for this because I know what she's about. Now, you know, he was like, you were out of my league. But I think it wasn't necessarily that I was out of his league in terms of like I was better than him or too good for him, etc. But I was out of his league because I was playing at a different level of dedication. So I was in the, the majors and he was... In the D-Leagues. Okay? And in the majors, we're playing for real relationships, real connections. You know, we're doing real things in the world. D-Leagues, you playing because you playing around. He was playing around. He was out here. He was doing him. And he was like, you know what? I, I shouldn't step to her unless I'm really ready to commit to my professionalism in the game. And then he hollered. So there are times when it's not necessarily about like they're out of your league because they're better than you or they're finer or they're richer, et cetera, but more so because they're just on a different page they're just in a different league they're not out of your league they're just in a different league you may have different wants at the time you may also have different abilities and capabilities to to achieve those wants to satisfy those wants and it's always best in my opinion you got to get over your ego and your selfishness because I've definitely we've i think a lot of us have been in scenarios where we've been used for that reason where somebody knew that they were not in the same league as you in terms of their your wants and, and desires. And they just took advantage of your feelings because in that moment of selfishness, they wanted to feel what you have. But they weren't able to commit. They weren't able to sign that, that contract. They weren't able to put on the uniform. They weren't able to learn the dance in the locker room. They weren't able to do it. So nobody's really out of your league. I think they're just maybe on a different course. And... I think that if you're trying to figure out what that is, you kind of got to figure out how to have like preliminary conversations. (laughs) It's true, man. You know, like you got to pay attention. All of this information that I say is always for the preservation of yourself, your mind, your sanity. So like all these episodes are really just about us Trying to like move through this world as healthy as possible with as few like unnecessary scrapes and bruises and wounds. The reality is that a lot of us have scars, but you don't need to always have wounds. And some of us keep reopening the wounds. Then we pour salt in the wound. Then we pour Hennessy in the wound. You know. Then we try and like invert and dance in the wound ourselves. It's like nah, sew that shit up. You're gonna have a scar. That scar will be a reminder to you. On what happened then so that you cannot keep doing it over and over again. Next question. What do you do when you find out someone has a crush on you and it's not somebody that you have a crush back on? Well, first of all, you don't do what Rebecca did in high school, which is go and run. You don't do that. I mean, I told you the Scott Cunningham story where Scott Cunningham pulled me aside in front of the library and said, Amanda, I've heard you had a crush on me. I'm very flattered by that. But I'm aware that there are activities that you do not partake in that I currently partake in. And I would never want you to feel pressure to partake in said activities. Um, But I'm not gonna not partake in those activities. So we should just be friends. You know, I mean, I appreciate... I appreciated that as a youth. um, Because I legit did have a crush on Scott Cunningham. You know? I think... I think the best thing to do is to really just be compassionate about someone's feelings and I think it can be a really hard thing to like balance like being honest but also not leading them on because I think sometimes people like uh, their only way to deal with something is to like lead someone on and it's like no, no 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 that's not safe either don't do that so it can really just be about saying listen like I think you're super dope I think you're super cool but I just don't think we're on the same page and that's that you just let someone down easy and it doesn't have to be crazy. And if someone, and, and, but, but, but I do feel like sometimes you got to put people out of their misery. Cause like people will come for you like over and over again. And it's like, then you, you, you have to say like, Hey, it's just, as in, this just isn't. this isn't going to work out. Like, I think you're super, again, okay. I think you're super dope. I think you're super cool, but you know, I just don't think we're a match. And then you just hope that they don't start stalking you. Ba-na-ba. People I like. Yeah. For People I Like, I'm going to run you all through all the crushes of my adolescence. First, there was Kelly. Kelly went to Lassen Elementary School. He was a fifth grader when I was a kindergartner. He had blonde hair, blue eyes, and he listened to Run DMC. I was fascinated. Fascinated. Then I left, last in elementary school, I moved to Orlando, Florida, and I attended Palm Lake Elementary School, where I immediately began to crush on Seth, Seth Ragland. Ragland. Seth Ragland was a gorgeous, brown-skinned boy in my class, skinny, sat next to Ryan Penley. They'd make jokes all day long. They were hilarious. Forrest Gump came out. They'd quote that shit every day. To this day, to this day, I, when someone talks about running, I think back to Ryan Penley and Seth Ragland saying, You just ran? Seth gave me a valentine in fourth grade. And let me tell (laughs) y'all, you can tell me shit. At our fifth grade dance, Seth showed up in his jeans to the back, a la crisscross. So I had good taste. Then we went to Southwest Middle School. Southwest Middle School, I had a crush on an individual whose name I will not name because they like to use my name for fame when they feel like it. But he was the only black boy that was in the midst of, like, all these, like, rich white kids. And he was mean, but I still, like, had a crush on him. I don't even understand it. And he, um, I had a crush on him for, like, I'm talking years, y'all. Like, literally five years I had a crush on this person. No, six, seven years. Eight years? What's four plus three? Seven. Seven years. I don't do math. Y'all know that. Why be I brand new? Um, give me some words, though. Give me some words. Y'all want analogies? Y'all want analogies? I could do that. This is to this as that is to that. I could do that. Don't ask me to add shit up, though. And I had a crush on him for quite some time. Got to high school, and my crush list exploded. I mean, it was like I couldn't even keep them just organized. First, there was Kenyon Adams. Adams. I mean, first of all, everybody in the school had a crush on Kenyon fucking Adams. Kenyon Adams was a Denzel Washington of Dr. Phillips High School. People would come. Our drama club meetings were packed like a dick because of Kenyon Adams. And by the way... There was also, like, secondary crushes that people had on Alano Miller. I didn't have that crush on Alano. Alano is Dewanda Wise, who's the star of She's Gotta Have It. That's her husband. Alano at DP was, like, him and Kenyon were damn near the Casey and JoJo of fucking Dr. Phillips High School. And it was serious. Kenyon Adams told me one day that my hair looked good curly, and I never attempted to straighten it again for, like, six years. On the flip side of that, senior year, Kenoris White was overheard telling Scott Cunningham, and let me tell you, my crush on Kenoris White was so real that I would delay our rehearsals for my, like, I would always be producing and directing stuff for, for competitions, etc. I would delay our rehearsals an hour just so we could go sit on the wall and watch them, like, watch, like, the boys walk from football practice to the gym and back. Watch them, like, just, just cavort outside of the school and everyone was fine with this. Nobody was like, "Amanda, I can't believe you're delaying rehearsal." No, everybody knew we we're gonna go sit on this fucking wall, and we're just gonna watch the beauty in blackness that is this these these individuals. Kenoris White was one of them. Kenoris White used to not carry a backpack, which in hindsight seems problematic. Uh, nonetheless, his cut, his haircut, was always just ooh tight. He had a like a localized face. He always had beautiful white teeth and a smile. And he would always talk to me just like real quiet like this. Amanda, what's up? How you doing? I'm like, "Ah, I'm fine. And Conoris, one day I overheard him telling Scott Cunningham, hey, Amanda got caveman feet. Y'all, you've heard this story before. I did not wear open-toe shoes for two years because of this. But the crush was so real. We used to have a name for crushes. We'd call them visas because... Apparently, vis in Egyptian Arabic means look, I think. And so we'd be like, "vees." Then we would have names for like individual crushes. Armando Velez. Oh, Armando Velez. Armando Velez was my crush for the duration of my 11th grade world history class with Mr. Belzer. He sat in front of me. His hair was always cut to perfection. He had great taste in music. So much so that when he said that he loved White Clef's Gone Till November, I made it my business to learn all the words and then be casually singing it behind him in class so that he could be like, that's my jam too. Then like one time we hung out. It wasn't until I became an adult that I realized, Amanda, all these guys that you had crushes on that you thought maybe liked you back, you were a flat chested 15 year old. Nobody was checking for you. But actually I take that back because Kenyon... We ended up. I ended up getting my FFK, my first French kiss from Kenyon Adams at the <laughs> at the end of prom uh, in tenth grade, and then he like started liking me, and it was like I don't know what to do with this. Like you were my crush, and like I literally couldn't build the bridge. It was like no, you're like you're going after college. Like I can't. Like I don't know. Like this is crazy, but you know, the crush game throughout all of like middle school, elementary school, high school was very very thorough. When I met Brandon Victor Dixon in 1999 at the Arts Week, oh Oh my God. God, the crush was incredible. So much so that I made it possible to be sitting next to him at any chance I could get. I remember, like, we, we watched, like, we had to go to this dance show, and I had to, like, use, like, Jason Bourne tactics to make it so that I could sit next to him so that my thigh could touch his thigh. In hindsight, he has revealed that he was completely unaware of all of this. Uh, none the wiser. But that's what the whole thing about a crush is, right? Like, I'm doing it for me. Like, all of this is a game I'm playing with myself. Notice how Brandon was on our uh, side effects of platonic relationships episode because even though I had a crush on him in 1999, it was never acted on, never brought to fruition because it was just a crush. I think I still have a crush on Brandon, but it's not like I want to ever do anything other than just have a crush on Brandon. The crush is great. I love you, Brandon. You can see Brandon as Collins in the live television performance of Rent on Fox on January 27th. Live in my house. Go back and listen to the episode that we did. He sings that song in it. So those are the people I liked. I did. I liked them. That That one one time? time. (laughs) (laughs) This brings us to that one time. Now, you're probably saying, Amanda, like, how would you still have crushes? You're 37, going on 38 rapidly. Can you still have a crush? Of course. Of course you still have a crush. I said, we have set crushes. You know, like, I mean, I was on a set of a show, and I had a set crush. And I told my homeboy on the show... Yo, that's my set crush. He was like, yo, that's my nigga. I know him. And I was like... Nobody needs to know that that's my set crush. I'm just telling you because we standing here right now. I go to the bathroom. I come back. He's like, he going to meet you at your trailer after. Nick... I did not want that to happen. Shit. So fucking hell, he comes over to my trailer And ends up, like, revealing to me that he's had, like, a crush on me. That he wants to marry me. That I'm the one. Yeah, Yeah, I know, know, Bex. It It was was very extreme. extreme. But, you know, like, I'm kind of, like, a hopeless romantic. And I'm a sucker for a story. So I'm like, maybe this is the story. You know? That, like, one day Amanda was super single and the next day she was engaged. I've heard crazier stories. You know, like how we elected Trump as the president. That's a crazier story. Except when you start to acknowledge that like a lot of white women be lying about who they voting for until they get in the polls and then they vote based on the dick that's in them, not on the intellect that they should have. But that's another episode. Nonetheless, the set crush ends up revealing himself to be batshit crazy um, and also somebody who does not understand that Barack Obama has speechwriters. He was like, I love Barack Obama. I love him because he's such a great speaker. He's incredible. You can see when he's speaking, him stopping to think about what he's going to say next. And since I have such a difficulty in expressing my thoughts and emotions, I'm so inspired by him. And I didn't have the heart, y'all. I didn't have the heart to be like, Nah, that's actually not what's happening. He's pausing because that's what you do between thoughts when you are delivering a speech so that you cleanse a, p- a mental palate also the prompter may be fucked up he ended up crying in the car <laughs> he ended up crying in the car he cried in the car because he got so frustrated at my intelligence I'm not even trying to bullshit y'all he literally said to me like you just, you're too smart and I was like what he ends up crying in the car cried in the car. You cried in the car, Bex. And I just was like, I can't. And I was like, why are you crying? And he tried to be like, oh, because like, I love my mom so much. (sighs) I don't know if you ever saw the cricket wireless commercial that I did, but I mean, I've been in just situations, like the names in that commercial that I use are all real names of people who I had a crush on and then reveal themselves to be like, ooh, no, no, no. And when I asked this dude later, I asked him, I was like, so what, like, do you think is the reason why you fell off? And he was like, I just, I I was going to be too exhausted. He said he was going to be too exhausted. He said I was exhausting. He said my, he was like, you know, you just, the way you think, your, th- your thoughts, you have a lot of thoughts. So once again, I was in the right by saying, keep the set crush sequestered. Because I didn't trust that he could be anything more than that. And then someone intervened and fucked it up. But for the record, record I would have been happy to just have the set crush. I stay with a set crush. I had a whole other set, set crush. crush. And then we were no longer on a set anymore. And so we ended up getting cool. And I really, like, pressed to turn it from a set crush into something real. And then that was that sound that you heard was not my phone. That was me realizing this This is is not not a good good idea. idea. Because then we fooled around one time and he fingered me like he was looking for a coin in a drain. You got that picture in your head? Got it? Exactly. It's trash. It's trash. It was like he was trying to get a fork out of a garbage disposal. You know when your fingers, like, are doing that weird... Yeah. <laughs> Brandon can't take it, y'all. <laughs> yeah. It's like when you're trying to get a coin <laughs> from the inside of a shoe. You know, you're like down in the front of the shoe like trying to trying to grab it out. You're trying to get a straw from inside of a of a bottle. You know, like and you have to get you have to put the fingers in and try and get the straw out. It's very, you know that? Yeah. None of those situations that I just delineated for you sound sexy, do they? No. Side note, when a man is fingering you, it should not feel like fingers. That's the whole thing. And if you are like, I don't know what to tell him so it doesn't feel like that, this is work for me. Make your fingers do what your dick can't do. Dicks don't have joints, y'all. Dicks don't have joints. I digress. Should have kept kept it it as a set crush. crush. (laughs) That's really the moral of the story here. This episode is NSFW, NSFW. The last dose. Oh, the crush. <laughs> <laughs> this is a fun episode. I hope you all had just as good of a time listening as I've had doing it. I love a crush, though. It's fun, it makes you giddy. It's, you, I know it's great when you do get to that prospect phase and then you do start dating and it's almost like you get a crush all over again on the person that you're dating. It's like you're like, oh, like, I feel like you're like, you know, a fantasy that's happening that's coming to life because I didn't think it would actually happen and now it's happening. And I, that's a fun time. And let yourself be giddy, man. Let yourself enjoy the crush. Let yourself be giddy. Sometimes it's just like don't make that shit real because sometimes realness is just depressing. And that's why I don't watch the news. Like. So we got to keep crushes. And I really believe that like keeping a good, healthy crush can keep you, your brain working, your excitement, your juices flowing. As long as you're not, you know, wilding or being disrespectful, etc. Whatever. whatever. Just enjoy it, man. Enjoy the shit. Enjoy the shit. Give yourself a treat. That's what a crush is. It's like a mental, like, decadence. And ever so often, you want to be able to indulge in that and... Play with your imagination. I think that's the other thing, too. We live lives where we got to be so focused on reality all the time. And sometimes it's like, let your imagination run wild with the abandon that it did when you were a kid. And then, you know, use the adult maturity you have to reel that shit back in when it's time to actually do the fucking real shit you got to do. That's it. And I think that that's the key. That's the key is knowing how to pull the kite in before it gets way too out of control, you know? And before you get trapped in the vision versus in acting with action and intention. So crush on, y'all. Crush on. I'm going to give you all some suggested crushes. Colin Kaepernick. Yes, he has a girlfriend. Understood. However, solid brother. Solid crush. Ryan Gosling. Yeah, married, kids, irrelevant. Solid. Silent. He has broken up fights in the street. He plays great roles. Fantastic actor. <laughs> uh, I'm a bird, I'm a bird. What are you? If you're a bird, I'm a bird. Hello, notebook. Which, by the way, is becoming a musical. I'm ready. Solid, Solid dude. dude. Solid crush. If you're more in the old head department, Stan Lathan, director of my special. Stan is making late 70s look like a time period, not an age, honey. And he's just like a a great man. Like he raised all these daughters. He's like very committed to his craft. He's kind. You got to love it. Solid brother. Solid crush. Lastly, well, I will tell you that I still to this day have a crush on Ronnie DeVoe of New Edition. He's married. He does real estate. Irrelevant. I spent much of my adolescence referring to myself as Robin DeVoe uh, because we were obviously married. And when I met him for the first time, Robin DeVoe definitely was like, "Ah!" Mind you, I was 26. (laughs) Uh, But when we saw the New Edition movie, we saw that he was the only one who was level-headed, who was cool as a fan, and he was played by Keith Powers, who was also level-headed, cool as a fan, is a great boyfriend to Ryan Destiny, but also a solid brother, solid crush. Don't say I ain't ever gave y'all nothing. <laughs>